You are listening to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show with your host and teacher, Darius Good. He is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center and founder of Good Treasure Ministries. He is the author of the books, Unlocking Godly Wisdom and The Divorced Christian. For more information, visit the website at thedivorcedchristian.com. And now here's your host, Darius Good. Welcome to another episode of the Divorced Christian Podcast Show. My name is Darius Good. Thank you for joining us on today. Today, we're going to get into episode 24, which is entitled The Teaching on Divorce That Bothered Me. But before before we get into that uh, subject, I encourage you to go to the website, thedivorcechristian.com, thedivorcechristian.com. The book is now available, the paperback book, as well as the ebook. You can find it on Amazon. The book is entitled The Divorce Christian by Darius Good. And I also added a free PDF file. So you can download the free PDF file off the website. Contained in the PDF file will be chapter one and chapter 14 of the book. I felt 14 was a very significant chapter as it discusses the teachings of Jesus and the uh, erroneous errors that are made, the areas where Um, There's really a lack of understanding of the Levitical law and the conversation Jesus was having with Jews. Um, As you've listened to the show, if you've previously listened to episodes, I emphasize the fact that Jesus was talking to the Jewish people who understand their culture and their laws. And too often uh, as Christians, we're on the outside looking in, trying to make sense of this conversation. And we have done a poor job when it comes to the subject of divorce. And so um, download that free PDF today. And if you're interested in getting all the information that I've put together um, in my search to understand the subject of divorce, um, you can purchase the book. We're gonna go chapter by chapter, and I'm not gonna go, maybe not, you know, chapter one, chapter two, Um, but we're gonna cover every chapter in this book um, through this podcast show. On today, we're going to look at chapter one, which is actually entitled, I Want My People Healed. So that's the name of the chapter. But the first portion of this chapter, I discuss one of the teachings on divorce that really bothered me. And so we're going to get into that on today. So visit the website today, thedivorcechristian.com. I would love to hear from our listeners. Would love to hear from you. I set up a email address so that you can contact me. The email address is hi, H-I, all lowercase, at DariusGood.com. That's D-A-R-I-U-S-G-O-O-D.com. Make sure you visit or check the the uh, episode notes. I'm going to put all this information in the notes today, so everything will be right there at your fingertips. But we'd love to hear from you. Um, let's get into this episode on today, episode 24, the teaching on divorce that bothered me. Let me first explain this about myself so you have some understanding of how I grew up. I am a a, uh, son of a preacher. My father and mother were both in ministry. My father pastored the church that I attended, and so we get the label of PK, preacher's kid. I didn't know what that was until I got to elementary school. Um, As I began to realize, I had other peers who pastors, who parents 
were pastors, and they would call us PKs. And we were treated in a way as if we knew better than everyone else. So if a group of guys that I was hanging out with or playing sports with got involved in something, I was always singled out and told, uh, your father is the pastor, you know better. I don't know why everyone else wasn't held to the same standard, but some, for some reason I found myself throughout my life being singled out because my father was a pastor. And so uh, being a preacher's kid, it kind of puts you in a different place when it comes to, um, I guess, church or the industry of church, the business of church, where we have our Sunday morning services, we come to, together, we gather, we worship, uh, we have the preached word, you know, we have our events, we have our fellowship that we do uh, with people that begin to join the church and that sort of thing. Um, but being a preacher's kid, you begin to, to see the inside working of the industry, of the church, the business side that comes to finances. And I began to learn and see the disagreements between ministers and my dad that often was not uh, exposed to the congregation. Um, our church was not riddled with issues or problems. And so we didn't have issues of adultery or widespread, I should say, as I began to learn as I got older. When I was young, I was under the impression that everyone loved God. You know, they served the Lord with all their hearts. Um, they heard the laws, the commandments. They did their best to live accordingly, to live a life, strive to live a life of holiness. Um, and that was kind of my perception as a child growing up. I had a lot of respect for all the families in our church. And we had a loving church where all the children could just basically go with any family within our, our, our church. And there was never any issues, no concerns. Um, I know in today's time, things are different as a lot of church members don't really know each other. They just come to church in fellowship, or I shouldn't even use that word because it's not fellowship. Um, they're just coming to get their own word from the minister. It's more of a personalized approach to church. Um, but in the church I grew up in, it was very family-oriented. Um, we are a independent church, full gospel. We believed in speaking in tongues, the, the charismatic move, the, the flow of the Holy Spirit. We believed in laying on of hands um, for healing, for, uh, for ministry, for separation for ministry. We believed in baptizing um, in water, baptizing in fire. Um, so all this was the, the normal um, exposure for me in my younger days. And so uh, I wasn't exposed to families that fought um, on both sides of my families. They all had marriages. If there was issues in the marriage, they worked through them. Um, you could tell the love between the relationships and no one on both sides were divorced on my uncles or my aunts. Um, on my mom's side, some of the women, their husbands uh, abandoned them. Um, some got divorced, some just basically remained single or separated until they died, but none of the women remarried. Um, my mom is currently a widow. She hasn't remarried, and I believe a lot of this is a result of some of the teachings that we've heard within the church, and I do address a lot of this in the book. Um, one chapter I deal with where Paul explains about the widow um, is the wife of one man, 
And I go into detail of where that concept came from because it's not a biblical concept. It, it didn't, it's not a Christian concept that originated um, through the teachings of God or through a, a, uh, the laws of Moses. There's no connection. It's actually connected to Rome. And so I go into great detail explaining where a lot of these concepts came from, where people, women would not remarry. Once they were married, they would not enter into a second marriage. And so the teaching that began to bother me, because um, I never saw my father, my mother and father did not have disagreements. They did not fight. Um, when they did disagree, my parents were both Christians. So in my house, they would pray and look to the Lord for direction. And I would hear stories of how the Lord would speak to my dad and my dad would get uh, a word from the Lord. Um, and I'll just give you one specific example. My dad was attended Miracle Valley, which was the uh, Bible school established by A.A. A. Allen, was the great tent revivalist. When my dad graduated, because he had such a great speaking voice, um, one of the churches way out in Oregon contacted uh, the school and asked if they had a young man that would be great for radio. They recommended my dad. My dad flies out to Oregon and begets, becomes involved with the youth ministry as well as radio. So they taught him how to be a DJ, and he ran their radio station. My mother attended the same Bible school, and soon after, uh, she and my dad, who had met in uh, high school, they both attended the same church. Um, the two of them became married, and then she flies out as newlyweds uh, to live in Oregon with my dad. And so there's a story there my dad would share of how when the Lord spoke to him to tell him it was time to go, here things are going great with the, the tape ministry, I'm, I'm sorry, the uh, radio ministry, things are going good with the youth ministry, their involvement there with the church. And um, the Lord is now saying, I want you to return home to Connecticut and begin a church. And I will, you will see your family members saved as a result of your obedience. And when the Lord spoke this to my dad, he said to, my, to the Lord, I'm not going to tell this to my wife. I want you to tell her. In doing that, you avoid any issues, any problems. You don't have a woman whose heart is set in Oregon and she's saying, well, that's what you think the Lord is saying to you. But by, by, by doing it this way, if the Lord is speaking to his wife as well, my mom, then she's heard directly from, from heaven. She's heard from God. And so now the two of them are on the same page. And so he would tell the story of how the Lord, this is how the Lord explained it to him. He asked the Lord, when do you want me to go back to Connecticut? And the Lord said, um, August, September, the latter part of August. Now that's a weird way to phrase it, but that's how the Lord phrased that statement to him. And so when the Lord speaks to my mother, my mother says uh, to my dad while they're sitting there having breakfast, she says, the Lord says it's time for us to go back to Connecticut. He says, oh, okay. And in his heart, he began to pray and say, Lord, that's not what you said to me. I need you to be more specific. Say it to her the way you said it to me. So my mother says to my dad, we're supposed to leave in August, September. And then my dad prayed again and said, Lord, that's not good enough because that's not how exactly how you said it to me. So then my mother turns to him and she says, August, September, the latter part of August, exactly how the Lord has spoke to my father. 
And when you have this sort of relationship, because I'm currently working on another book, Adam and Eve, where I talk about the relationship of the husband and wife and how God was always there. He's always present in the relationship. And the problem we're having with our marriage is that does lead to strife, that leads to issues, that leads to divorce, is because God is not in the equation of the husband and wife. We have this weird uh, uh, structure of husband's the head and the wife is the submissive one, but that's not what that scripture says. It says that Jesus is the head of the husband. So when Jesus is not a part of the equation and husband's making decisions, wife is making decisions, well then where's the one that we run to to say, hey, how do we resolve? What direction do we go? Well, Jesus is supposed to be the head of our lives. So if you have a husband and a wife that's looking to Christ as our great shepherd, the one that leads, the one that guides, uh, the expectation of his word bringing light or a lamp to our feet, I don't know which direction to go because I don't have your word. I will not move until you give me direction. Then that sort of marriage with that mindset will always function it will be healthy, it will work because the Lord is the head of the house and he's leading the husband and the wife. So this is the type of marriage I was exposed to. I would literally watch my mother um, at the house. Now, mind you, this is before the days of cell phones. And my mother would say, I need John to call. That's my dad. I need John to call me. And she would pray and say, Lord, I need John to, to call the house. And literally within anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes or so, the phone would ring and it would be my dad. And it was that, you know, the Lord would just let my dad know, call home. And whatever my mom needed, she was able to have this conversation. I watched her do this often. So this is pre-cell phone, pre-beeper days. My dad never carried a beeper. And I watched this relationship that they had with God. And in my heart, that's what I desired with my spouse what I desired in my marriage. And so this exposure, now you take this to church as a very young child, and I'm thinking everyone has kind of this sort of relationship um, with God and with each other. And we got all these loving couples in our churches, you know, in the church. And the concept or idea of divorce was very foreign to me. My dad didn't preach on marriage. You know, as a pastor, he taught on faith and prayer and he talked on, you know, obedience, and he would teach on the, you know, the Ark of the Covenant and the, the kings, you know, the kings of Judah, the kings of, of Israel. And he had all these, you know, teachings on Revelation and all these different teachings that he had, but we never really discussed the subject of divorce. And so one Sunday during our Sunday school morning, I'm in my father's class because he taught one of our, of our uh, Sunday school classes. And I would say around this point, I may have been a teenager, but I might have been in college. And I just remember uh, we're sitting in the office with my dad going through the lesson. And there was a great commotion that we heard coming from the sanctuary. And one of the other ministers in the church was down there teaching. My dad went to go check to see what all was going on. And what transpired was that the minister decided to teach on the subject of divorce. And as he was raising these statements regarding Matthew chapter 5, uh, Matthew chapter 19, he told the congregation, 
that all of you that have gotten divorced have committed a sin. And this raised this great debate. So my dad goes down, he asked them to change the subject because that really was not what their uh, Sunday school lesson was about. They talked later, him and the minister, and basically the, the subject was causing such a dispute, disputation within the church that my, my, my father asked him to leave the subject alone. There were several members of our church that were divorced. And with it being a small church, when I say small, we, we had um, maybe 100 members at that time. Um, people were very familiar with other people's stories. So those that were divorced, we knew and we understood what led to the divorce. And um, in my understanding, it was completely justified. I won't go into any, any details, um, but just excessive cheating. Um, in one case by one of the husbands, you know, I, I feel this completely justified that uh, the divorce was necessary in that relationship when, when the spouse refuses to change. And so when I heard this explanation on Matthew 19, Matthew 5, I just remember for the first time paying attention to the subject of divorce. And the teaching bothered me because he was saying, the minister was saying, you cannot get divorced for any reason except for adultery. And I remember thinking, but there's so many other reasons that a marriage could lead to divorce. Now, the one we always highlight, of course, is abuse. We highlight physical abuse. For some reason, we do not highlight verbal abuse or emotional abuse. And that is necessary as well. Um, when a husband or a wife will refuse to have physical contact with their spouse, and they're purposely doing it, not for medical reasons, but with the intent to hurt their spouse, that's emotional abuse. It's an attack on the spouse. And that's not, not how the marriage should be. That's a dysfunctional marriage. And for some reason, the church does not highlight these particular areas, but we will okay the divorce when it comes to abuse, even though we don't have any scriptures to really support that. And I hear people try to say there's scriptures to support that, but there really aren't. Um, and even in, 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 of course, if you read through the book, you'll see that abuse was not one of the areas within the Jewish community that was highlighted as a reason why a person could get divorced. What is interesting is a woman could divorce her husband for being sterile. And so once again, I encourage you to get the book because I have a, a chapter where I go through um, uh, a section where we, we address the reasons why women were able to divorce their husbands. So even though the woman did not have the authority to go to the court and demand a divorce, she could ask the court to intervene um, for specific reasons. And many of those times, it was permitted by the court. But back to the teaching that, that affected me, as he began to say, you can only get divorced for the cause of adultery. Um, there's so many things that, that factor into a marriage that produces such a, a devastating effect on the spouse. And I've watched couples remain in these, these situations that is sucking the life out of them, that's causing them to die. They've, they're dying emotionally. 
Um, they're no longer living life and enjoying life, but the effect of this relationship has sucked all the light out of them. There's no glowing. The Bible talks about we are lights. Uh, let your light shine. Well, that's very difficult to do when you're in an environment where you're being dismissed and being attacked and, uh, um, and all these other effects of bad marriages. And I'm not saying to get divorced because of a bad marriage. That is not what I'm saying at all. But I just remember going through this list in my head of I can list many other reasons outside of adultery of why a marriage might end up in a place of needing divorce. And this teaching bothered me. And so in the back of my head, I held on to this teaching, even though my dad never went into detail or agreed or disagreed with what the minister said. I kept it in the back of my head. But I also thought because of the relationship I saw with my mother and father, I would never end up in that place. I would never end up divorced anyway. So adultery is not going to be an issue because once I get married, I will never commit adultery. I'm not going to cheat on my, my wife. My dad didn't cheat on his wife. My uncles didn't cheat on their wives. So I was around these healthy marriages where that sort of behavior was not the norm. So since then, as I go back and I'm reading through the scriptures, whenever I will come across those passages, Matthew 5, Matthew 19, I would always go back to the teachings that I had heard in, in my youth of you can only get divorced for adultery. And I began to like really look into the subject and found that, you know, this is the, I would say the accepted, um, I guess, revelation of that particular passage. And this goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. And I'm looking at these verses and I'm like, that can't be what Jesus was saying. I know they had way more issues back then during their time than just adultery. I, in my heart, I was like, something's missing as I keep reading these passages. There's some, something that we keep missing that we, we're not, we don't have privy to because it was such a short conversation. And as you understand, Jesus is discussing a subject with people a part of his culture. People that grow up under the laws of Moses that understand as they address things in brief, they understand the fullness of the conversation, whereas those of us on the outside are trying to piece together the conversation that's being had. And so as I began to dig into the subject, I began to realize where the error lied in several areas. And we, of course, we've covered this in our previous lessons. Um, but what I did not realize was this teaching on divorce, that you can only get divorced for adultery. Otherwise, it is a sin. And then I think, if I remember correctly, he went on to state that you could not ask for forgiveness. I think he began to tie it to the unpardonable sin. And I was like, how crazy is this when you can kill a person, you can commit murder, and ask God to forgive you and be forgiven for your sins. We got the man next to Jesus on the cross. Moments before he dies, Jesus says to him, grants him pardoning, grants him forgiveness, and says, this day you shall be with me as I enter into my kingdom. 
He's forgiven for his sins. But when it came to the sin of divorce, this teaching along the lines of there is no forgiveness. And I've heard all kinds of crazy teachings. So they teach that if you enter into your second marriage, that is an adulterous marriage. And I've heard some ministers say that as long as you remain in that marriage, you're committing adultery every single day. Um, I had one listener contact me, um, one listener of the podcast show in Australia. And in our conversation, they explained to me that they attended a very legalistic church. And in their church, part of their teaching was that the first person that you marry I'm sorry, the first person that you date is the person that you are supposed to marry. And that was instilled with, you know, in their youth as they're being taught there at church. And so the first person she dated was the first person she married, and it was not a good or pleasant experience at all. And I had never heard teachings like this because I wasn't exposed to this sort of thing um, within my church community. And so as I'm stepping outside of my church, And now looking at the subject of divorce, I'm finding all these outrageous teachings. They are not biblical. They're not not built on scripture or the culture of that day and time, which means that the conversations Jesus was having is drastically different than the conclusion that's been drawn. I encourage you to download the free PDF or purchase the book. In the PDF, I do go through this conversation that Jesus was having and a lot of the laws, um, there's several laws that are very important um, that are part of this subject that are never taught on Sundays, never discussed in the church community. I don't even know if they're familiar with any of this stuff. We have so much bad doctrine out there and it's affected the lives of so many people. It affected my life in a way that I never thought it would once I became divorced. It had a drastic effect on me. So I would love to hear from you. If you email me, tell me some of the experiences you've had, teachings that you've heard. Um, That information is right there in the uh, description of today's episode. Download the free PDF or purchase the book. Visit the website, thedivorcedchristian.com. And until next week, be blessed. You've been listening to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show with your host, Darius Good. This was a Good Treasure Ministries production. Darius is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center, and he is the author of the book, The Divorced Christian. To learn more about this book and other books written by Darius, or to listen to other episodes of our podcast show, visit our website today at thedivorcedchristian.com. We pray that today's episode has brought revelation, understanding, and healing. Please like, share, and subscribe to our podcast show. And until next time, be blessed.